You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Hey, it's Bilal Vakani at Bilal V87, and AW Dynamite's homecoming disappoints. Yes, after a long break, longer than WWE, you'd think AW would come back with a massive storyline or amazing, unique matches. What we got instead was a lot of storylines dragging their feet, bad production, basically the same old. So let's get into it. We had a video package off the top, pointed out how much of a loser the elites are in their own promotion, and Taz was on commentary, which was cool, which means no Tony, which is probably the best thing about this show. We got some black and white video about Darby Allen. I don't know if it's part of his entrance or what, and it reminded me of Barney Gumbel's Simpsons short film, Don't Cry For Me, I'm Already Dead, if you get that reference. He was taking on Cody because two to three weeks ago, they won a tag team match against the Butcher and the Blade, who are nowhere to be seen on this episode of Dynamite. AW's head coach, uh, Arn Anderson, who just joined the company, came out with Cody. That was pretty cool. And I dug the venue. It was very NXT-like, and I mean that in the best way. A little smaller, a little unusual. Cody hit a great crossroad off the top rope, uh, but then there was a pitcher and pitcher. I'm just skipping all of these. I've given up. What I saw was not impressive, the glimpses of it. And, you know, the crowd had their Holy H chant, and that was bleeped out very poorly. And, and the crowd should just know that this company is not good enough with production to handle this. So stop doing it, you idiots. Um... Cody won, of course, because Darby Allen's not going to win. You know, this guy's a novelty. We went backstage with SCU. There was no crowd noise, despite the fact that these guys did a cheap pop. So if you're not going to bother to include the crowd noise, don't do a cheap pop. Like, don't be idiots. Ugh. They talked about the Dark Order and Santana and Ortiz. Maybe this is building to a triple threat. Sammy Guevara jumped in, uh, pumped up the bros, and ripped Kazarian for not having any tag titles, but he was injured when this happened. He, otherwise, he surely would have had titles. It was a weird flex. And next week, Sammy Guevara will face Kazarian, because neither of them are really doing anything. Justin Roberts had some weird audio issues. It's not his fault, obviously. As he announced the women's uh, four-way title match, where Nyla Rose came back from her suspension. Now, I found it odd they didn't play the clip off the bat. Instead, what they did is they let her get in the ring. Then they played the clip... As she circled around the ring in a pitcher-in-pitcher. A very bad choice. We then had Haruku uh, Sakada. I'm, I'm still... Shahida, I'm sorry. I'm working on... The, uh, they haven't done a good job setting her up. Her entrance was way too slow off the top. I don't know if it was a technical problem or if they just don't have common sense. Probably a bit of both. And they talked uh, about the rankings during this women's title match. Guys. If the, if the competitors are in the title match and there's four of them, I'm going to assume they're in the top five of rankings. I don't think you need to talk about it as they approach the ring. Tell me about why Haruku is a great challenger, or maybe say her full name so I can learn it, because I would like to learn it, but I'm not going to look it up now, because this is supposed to be wrestling. I shouldn't have to look up pronunciation. <clears throat> we then got Britt Baker. I don't even remember what they said about Britt Baker. I just don't care about her anymore, and that became evident later on. And then Rhino, I mean Rio. They talked about her smile again, which is just creepy. A bunch of old dudes talking about a 19 or 23-year-old smile. You wouldn't describe uh, Finn Balor this way. In fact, we criticized Finn for that when he put it on. Uh, and the fact that she's the first champion, we get it. 
but tell me about her background. Tell me about why she loves wrestling. Tell me about how she's an inspiration to women everywhere. Give me a story with your champion. Tell me about why the belt is the way it is, why it's so unique looking. This was just awful. There's a picture in picture and this would seem to have a lot of action. Skip, because I was already behind and I couldn't be bothered. Rio, of course, got the win because none of these other women had been built up properly. Not that Rio has been. Uh, she used a roll-up because that's different from WWE. Now, granted, it was a bridged roll-through, but still a roll-up. Nyla attacked her after, so I guess that's the angle they're going with. Okay. You know. I've said it before. I think Nyla should be a face. I don't think Rio should be champion. I don't like Britt Baker. I still haven't learned Haruko's name. I don't know where Chris Statlander disappeared to. Uh, I don't know why Awesome Kong isn't a part of this if you're going to push her with Brandy. I don't know. Joey Janela was talking um, about beating Sean Spears when, out of nowhere, and I don't know for what reason, Penelope Ford low-blowed him and Kip Sabian, her, you know, they're, I guess, have a business arrangement. Not that I really recognized them until the commentary said their names because they've had no TV time and they have no backstory. The Dark Order uh, talked about their beatdown, and this was an, a solid-ish promo. I don't know. I, I feel like they've probably kind of blown this, but this was fine. The uh, best friends, or at least Trent, was in action against John Moxley, because I, I, I don't know why. Um, I did like Moxley's crowd entrance. I think this was very well done. It was very cool. And there was obviously a great spot with Orange Cassidy and Moxley. Uh, but of course, Moxley got the win, because what, what, what else could happen here? Sammy Guevara came out with the surprise, which was basically him throwing to Jericho on the TV screen, which seemed really unnecessary. It just seemed to highlight that Jericho wasn't here this week. Jericho offered him, and, and I was actually impressed by this, 49% of the Inner Circle LLC, uh, Executive Vice President position, a Ford GT, which is worth millions of dollars. I'm not so sure about that, but okay, with a Mox license plate, which was a nice touch and probably not easy to get. But of course, Moxley is not going to decide now. He'll tell us next week. And I give the AEW fans a lot of credit. They booed this, and rightfully so, because this is stretched on way too long. And I just, you know, there's, there's elements of this that are interesting, but I don't care. Sammy uh, used the commercial break to plug his social media, which is the best use of the picture in picture I've seen. But I guess he had a match with Dustin Rhodes. It wasn't really clear. And Dustin somehow in this tiny arena showed up behind him, because Guevara's that dumb, I, I don't know. Of course, uh, Hager showed up eventually, took a sweet time, and that created a distraction, and eventually uh, Sammy got the low blow and won, and that was it. Private Party was backstage with an interview, uh, doing an interview, and I don't know why they did this interview in front of a bar, and Hangman Page helped himself to a drink, and that upset Private Party, because apparently this bar and this arena is theirs, or I don't know. Um, I, I could barely hear this, because they didn't mic these guys up, you... Ah, they used a... Uh, overhead mic and it wasn't placed correctly I don't even know if it was on to be honest with you I felt like it was the internal mic of the camera just terrible production and they'll have a match next week we found out later of course Hangman Page will team up with Kenny Omega because they're not going anywhere we then got MJF with Wardlow in the ring and I know a lot of people are very high on MJF but this was some very lazy heel work he just took a lot of pot shots of the crowd he stretched and stretched this match with Cody at Revolution or whatever their pay-per-view in Chicago is. And he had more lazy fan rips. He did the swagger bit where he talked to Wardlow. 
And basically, there'll be a cage match, but first Cody has to go through Wardlow, but you would assume that would have happened anyways. Alright. I... The, uh, you know, this MJF thing, they, they've bungled it so bad. They've taken a guy who could have potentially been... Listen, maybe he's The Miz. That's as far as I'm willing to go with this guy. I don't buy all this baloney that this guy is a superstar, one of the best talkers in wrestling. I don't see it. This guy could have been a very good heel Miz, and they've paired him with a Damian Sandow who's a bit bigger, who's not as interesting, and... He's in a feud with Cody, who really can't go anywhere, and I don't know. I'm, I'm losing interest, and this is stretching out forever. This is like a two-month feud for one match. We also had Jungle Boy backstage with the rest of Jurassic Park. Oops, should have said Jurassic Express. The, uh, you know, Jungle Boy messed up his line, and then when Luchasaurus started to talk, they just cut him right off and started playing music. So I don't care about this. They, 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 they didn't put enough effort Jungle Boy didn't rehearse enough. The timing was off. The cues were off. I don't care. Hangman Page was on commentary, because why not? Rio and Mike... Um... And by the way, I think Hangman drank alcohol on commentary, which I feel like legally you can't do in some countries. So that was not a good choice. Rio and... Uh, like Obviously, the beers with Stone Cold are fake. They're pop or whatever. Rio and uh, Mike Tiz Michael Tazawa were doing an interview backstage, which never really got started, because Britt Baker... Did her best Lana impersonation. Ran out there, splurted out a bunch of heel-ish words, and then ran out of there. Rio never really responded properly to any of this. Neither did Tozawa. And, uh, or, t sorry. Michael uh, Nakasawa, excuse me. Uh, my apologies. But I just, this was a mess, and I'm, I'm confused by it. Then we were going to get the Lucha Bros versus uh, the Elite. Or, sorry, next week the Lucha Bros are facing uh, Ro the Rhodes family. We also are going to get Private Party versus Omega and Hangman. And they advertised Moxley answering Jericho just to rub that in. But before that, the Lucha Bros are facing Kenny and the Bucks because I guess they're exclusively dealing with the Elite. By the time they started this match, I think it was about 14 or 15 minutes. It was a little late on the timer there. And the match was amazing as a wrestling spectacle. But I just don't care. I don't really get the backstory here. Neither of these teams are really in the tag team title picture right now. There's not much of a rivalry. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't care. Like, again, match was great. Cody came out, uh, and I want to shout out to my sister, because when Cody was dressed up in another video we were watching, she pointed out he looks a lot like Donald Trump, and I could not like that statement more. Looks kind of weird in the suit. His hair looks fake. Cody Trump, everybody. He doesn't have a last name anyways now, so it works great. Um... Along with Donald uh, Rhodes, we also had Hangman on commentary. He said he was just going to leave. They were sort of calling him to the ring. He kind of just gave them a thumbs up. This is sort of like the MJF thing. They're very, very slowly teasing maybe a heel turn here. And uh, that was it. That was AEW Dynamite's big homecoming. And uh, it was significantly worse than Spider-Man homecoming. And it was worse than Raw. It was worse than NXT. It was worse than SmackDown. Without a doubt... This was the worst two hours of wrestling I watched this week. I, I just... The in-ring product's pretty good, but you gotta establish these characters so I know who they are, I know what their backstories are, and don't just smack me over the head with rankings and smiles when we're in the middle of a title picture. That's embarrassing. And it was a shame. I thought Taz would add a lot to commentary. He just kind of seemed happy to be there, but I hate Tony Schiavone, so that's still an improvement. I like Taz. But that's it.
That was AEW Dynamite's big homecoming. And um, if we're going to be honest, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. And uh, if you think Dynamite's going to get a million viewers, I'd be very surprised. And if they do, they're going to bungle it. And I think people have had enough time. And you've seen the drop from whatever it was, 1.4 million, to a pretty solid 800, 700,000, which is not a bad number, which is the NXT number, quite frankly. I think essentially what's happened here. AEW got that sort of interest off the bat. And yes, you hardcore of hardcore fans who won't even listen to all this podcast and will jump to judgment, you're going to defend AEW, and that's fine. There will always be those fans among anything. Anything! But it's not a good show. It's a great wrestling product, but it is not a good two hours of TV. It is technically flawed. The storytelling is sloppy. It's uninteresting. And they've had a lot of time now to put this together. And it was evident. I watched AW Dark's Best of the Year. And in that Best of the Year was JR not understanding the time limit. There was a lot of subpar matches that I couldn't care less about. And that's too bad. I really sincerely hope that they figure this out. That this is a viable alternative to WWE. They're never going to replace WWE. But hey... If this can hold in there with NXT in terms of viewership, as it is now, but if they can get the storytelling at the NXT level, that would be great. If you can make me care the way I care about Finn Balor, Ciampa, Ciampa, whatever, uh, Bailey, uh, not Bailey, <laughs> Shayna Baszler, Rhea Ripley, if you can do that, the Undisputed Era, if you could do that, Velveteen Dream. Johnny Wrestling, the best Johnny, better than Johnny Football, way better than Johnny Hockey, then I will be happy. And I actually, I sincerely hope that happens. You can tweet me at BilalV87 on Twitter. I'll be back next week, and I'm working on something for the Royal Rumble, which will be a lot of fun. I think we're going to get a bit of my crew together, uh, the Survivor Series crew, going to get D-Unit, D Alex, and I think we're going to do a fantasy draft for the Royal Rumble a week before. That's my plan. Till then, peace. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com.